0: Comics deserve better podcasts where we talk indie comics. Hope you're all doing well today and you're not stealing anyone's art and making them into NFTs. I am your host, Brian, and with me, as always, is Darcy. I told her. Sorry. (laughs) I, I totally yeah. caught call, call, call you call off guard, I'm sorry. No, um,
1: I had a pop-up that wouldn't let me unmute, so
0: oof, that, that was what that was. No worries. <laughs> I well, we have Carrie. Hello. And we have Richard.
2: Hey, how you doing? Good.
3: Richard's like the sexy, sultry voice that comes on, like, at 10 p.m. <laughs> on the... uh. You know, on the radio station, like,
2: the like, yeah, uh, you know, the, 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 smooth the, jams. the quiet storm, the smooth jams. <laughs> like, hey, it's, oh, yeah. it's even more so. Like, my voice is so hoarse from like all those days of working and speaking in a row. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I've been noticed. I was like, hey, my voice it got a little bit more uh, texture to it. I kind of like it actually.
0: <laughs> any, any singles out there? we <laughs> some slow gems tonight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, we do have a good episode, even though they're. I don't think there is any slow jams in this episode, but there might be. We'll see what happens. Um, So we'll go ahead and go into our spotlights. Well, actually, it looks like me and Darcy are the ones who have spotlights this time. Uh, Darcy, do you want to go first?
1: I can. Uh, Mine is a kind of quick three-page Twitter comic. I'm not sure if it's been posted anywhere else. As far as I know, it has not. Um, but the best place I know of to access it is a is on Twitter. Uh, it's written by uh, Torin Chenault with art by Josh Brunson, colors by Maxime uh, Strychnoff, and letters by Rob Jones. Um, fairly simple concept. It's about a... <laughs> a black man who's an astronaut who um i guess the world is ending earth is ending um and he and his team get on a spaceship and they are going to um i i it, it gives the idea that they're going to basically find refuge on another planet together and something happens on the spaceship um what exactly it is. I'm not entirely sure, but something happens. Um, and he ends up as the only person left, uh, that, um, is there at the end of the trip, the only person. And he's like, I would have, you know, I I did, I went all out for these people. I would have done more, but, you know, even when we were the last people, you know, the last people, quote unquote, on Earth, as the saying goes, we were the last people from Earth. We we're the last people on the spaceship, you know, like division and racism. It was still a thing. And so here I am, the only human left alive, the only person on this new planet. And finally, I can breathe easy. And it's just <laughs> this good three person comic. It's the last it's called The Last Black Astronaut. I don't think I said that but it's called The Last Black Astronaut. And it's really, really good
0: it looks good i'm just checking it out right now and colors everything definitely looks like something that um it might be free for now but might not be free in the future because it looks looks pretty uh, pretty good yeah it were... looks
1: like something that's extendable you know but right now it's just this three-page thing on on twitter
2: mm-hmm. as soon as you were talking about it darcy i don't know, just uh... Took me to that uh, famous—is uh, it a Tales from a Crypt? It's an EC comic story about a uh, oh, yes. black astronaut, mm-hmm. and, and I was just like, in my so my head, candid, like it's automatically connected.
0: <laughs> it's just the <laughs> uh,
2: extrapolation of that original story.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's so funny how like like controversial that story was when it came out. It's so stupid why it was controversial. It's just yeah, I'm I'm glad we we solved this whole racism problem and oh, yes yeah. Yeah.
2: nailed
0: it yes Producing i know so good here <laughs> done oh. such
1: a great job with it yeah.
0: <laughs> all right well it does look really good it also kind of um i one of my uh my choices for spotlight this week were re- got me got me back into reading ray bradbury um and it kind of reminded me of a kind of a ray bradbury kind of twist story as well too so that sounds pretty cool so all right. I'll go ahead and jump into my quick uh, my quick hits here for my spotlight. I do have five, so I'll make them kind of fast. Um, Little Monarchs by Jonathan Case from Margaret Ferguson books. Um, In the near future, the sun's radiation changes and it starts killing all the mammals on earth. Humans are forced to live underground and only come out during the night. Uh, Decades later, after this starts happening, a young girl named Elvie is traveling with Flora, who is a young chemist who has developed a medicine that allows humans to survive in the sun, but only for a limited time medicine wears off, it it actually has an expiration date of like six weeks after you make it, so it's not conducive to giving it to the remaining humans alive at this time. So the medicines derived from the scales of monarch butterflies, uh, so they follow the migration um, and and they continue making the medicine while trying to create a vaccine from the medicine in order so that they can permanently inoculate people to once again survive in the sun. Um, It's the prettiest post-apocalyptic story I've ever read. It's, (laughs) the colors are great. Um, It's all, takes place on the West Coast, mostly of the United States. And it's just kind of overgrown areas, places that I visited and camping trips and and like travels up to like Oregon and Washington before myself and just kind of seeing how they're done, redone kind of in a, in in an abandoned way. Like it was pretty cool, you know? Um, The, um, it's a story Essentially, about a, a de facto mother and child relationship, and as it grows and changes. But it's also a story of discovery, hard decisions, love and loss, and at one point betrayal, which is a spoiler. So I'm not going to get into that part. Mm-hmm. But it's a really good book. It's definitely worth checking out. Uh, that was uh, Little Monarchs. So then I have amalia by Aud, A U D E. Is how do you pronounce? It? It's French. It's uh, I I think it's Aud. Ad um, Pical uh, with translation by Allison M. Charette and lettering by Chromatic Limited from Europe Comics. It's a slice of life comic about, um, about Amalia who deals with the stress that life constantly brings her while maintaining a family and a working th- and working a thankless job. Uh, She lives with her very grumpy husband, who's dealing with work issues of his own due due to a pandemic affecting the wheat supply. Since he works at a bread factory, it's definitely affecting him as well. The husband has a teenage daughter from a previous relationship, and she's trying to be an, an aspiring influencer and kind of letting rather relationships with her family and also um, working on schoolwork kind of go to waste while trying to become an influencer. And they also have a young, very rambunctious daughter who wants to um, play all day and just never listens to anybody. And also has that weird toddler thing where they just want to be naked all the time, which is kind of funny as well. Um, the story does a good job building tension because we see it's a slice of life that mainly focuses on the main character, like the of Malia, but we do see the lives of every character, like all the whole family. We see all the struggles that they go through. And then we kind of learn and sympathize with why they're the way they are when they're at home. And it's kind of a, it's it's a very interesting kind of take on that because like even the dad, who is a total ass. I like I started reading it, I did not like the dad at all and uh slash the husband. And yeah. And like, even by the end, I'm like, okay, I get it. I get why you're kind of a dick, but I still don't like that you're a dick, but I I understand, (laughs) you know, so that was nice. Um, It it does a great, you know, so it does a great job just kind of showing everyone in a sympathetic light. Um, It's a good slice of life story. Definitely recommend. Also, um, it made me happy that we don't have kids, (laughs) And uh, I think that we're not gonna have kids because <laughs> just the stressor of like of like the kids stuff in that was like okay I, I'm glad I'm not dealing with this I, I'll deal with a dog I'm, I'm happy <laughs> with that um, so then we have um, Baby Makes Three by Tim Fish uh, colors and grades by Matt Beauregard and Tim and Tim Fish also did it and additional art by Antoine Dode China Cluxton Flores uh, Monica Gallagher and Paige Braddock from Poison Press. Uh, this is a story of a young husband, Tex, and his wife, Midge, who are musicians that uh, were once very immersed in the band and music scene, but then get together and decide to have a baby. And so um, it becomes a basic problem that you see in a lot of relationships where one spouse thinks that nothing's going to change in the relationship and the other one's like, everything's going to change. Like we're changing, you know? So, um, Tex is the one that's kind of like, Oh, I'm still going to gig. I'm still going to just like live my, my bar life and like be a cool musician. And Mitch is like, uh, no, we're, we're done with that. You know, like, we're, we're, we have to be parents. And so, um, Tex definitely is the one in the story. He needs to be, he needs to grow up a little more than actually his own daughter does. And, um, that's where like the kind of the real drama of the story goes, but, Um, you know, like everyone, it's all about adjusting and becoming a family and like figuring out what's great, you know, for your, for yourself and what's great for your spouse and what's great for your kid as well. Um, And um, some other stuff, you know, like kind of grow you know, even though we don't have a kid, Carrie and I, you know, we had to grow up together as well. And so that kind of, I kind of felt it was very relatable because we don't have a kid, but, you know, in getting into a long term relationship, you have to learn how to work with each other. And that's wow, what this, this new
3: Gemini about. moon has really fucked you up. You're really on an emotional yeah. <laughs> tangent
0: right <Okay>. now. <laughs> so I have uh, two more. Uh, these are ones that are kind of fast. So uh, Spectro by Wando from Aftershock uh, came out last week. Uh, it's a one-shot anthology of four sci-fi stories. Uh, that's a jump back to classic sci-fi stories like Ray Bradbury, Robert Heinlein, and Harlan Ellison. Uh, there's a lot of charm in the nostalgia, but the art, re- art artwork is very modern and crisp. And so it's it's not like it's not like it's all it's not all nostalgia. It's it's all it's it's a good story. It's good coloring, good good work, good artwork, um, and. Uh, it's just like a regular, like old sixty sci-fi story or fifty sci-fi story. When the when the genre was being created, it's a commentary on like modern life, uh, but it's looked at in like a fantastical lens, so that people can see what the future may bring if we continue down this terrible road that we're on. So. It's four stories, but it's a fast read. It's 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 like sixty pages. It's it's a good read. Definitely recommend picking it up. It's a, the price point's a little higher than a regular comic because, like I said, it's a sixty page comic, but it's not it's not bad. It's good. It's a it's a good book. It's a good value. Um, last one is Fox and Hair number one by John Sui, uh, Stacy Lee, Raul Angulo, and Jim Campbell from Vault, um, and it's a cyberpunk tale about two orphans who grew up to be ass-kicking cyber-suit-wearing mercenaries who fight against injustices occurring in the corrupt city that they live in. And after what they seem is going to be an easy job, they're landscape get entangled with a young hacker who's also fighting the good fight, but in a very different way. And uh, they end up having to protect this uh, hacker who also has a mysterious past that they're trying to figure out what's going on there. Uh, the colors are... As vibrant as you'd expect, a neon city should be. Um, it doesn't go with the rain motif that a lot of cyberpunk stuff does. It's it's all regular dry weather, but it's very, vi- very vibrant, very bright, very in-your-face colors. It's it's very pretty. Um, we have like a little backstory right now, but it's the way the story seems to be going is that we're going to be getting a lot of flashbacks as we go on through the uh, the lives of these two uh, mercenaries. And that's so my spotlight will sound good um
2: uh trigger warning for fox and hair if you look it up, if you don't type in hair quite quickly enough, <laughs> you start getting a fox news uh. Oh, completed into your Google search, and nobody oh. wants that. So, yeah. You know. Thank you. That's a good
0: <laughs> Despite it having a horrible SEO, I, I recommend Boston.
2: <laughs> when I was looking it up, I was just like, I stopped typing for a second. I was just like, oh, gross. I don't even like <laughs> <find> that. <laughs>
0: what if my spotlight was that? What if oh, <laughs> what's oh, the oh Lord. <laughs> <That's>
2: horrible. <laughs> the
0: like, uh, uh, Brian
2: Hill turn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This <laughs> is the heel
0: turn. That's going to happen. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, like both actually Baby Bay Three also made me very happy not to have kids as well. The, <laughs> so.
3: um, the one with China Cluxton Flores. Yep. I made the sound because I don't like her.
0: Oh, God. So uh, <laughs> the
3: comic sounds good. I just wish she wasn't on the project.
0: No, she literally does a panel. That's it. That's a panel too much. Yeah, for me. I know. <laughs> so, so 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 even if you're not a fan of one of the other people <laughs> besides Tim Fish, I definitely recommend it because literally the people I mentioned did basically a panel or maybe a, a splash page and that's it and, and that's all the beginning of the book as well so it's good um yeah very cool all right so um i have
3: a question on amalia uh-huh so that was written obviously really recently yes it, um, is in that fact, a it came really tough week. read was that is that a really tough read uh, it sounds not... like it would just kind of like not be fun to read I'm sure it's a really good book but I just feel that anything that's like a current slice of life is a
0: little too much it's it actually is point. Uh, if you're very empathetic I, I I would have to say go in there kind of with maybe a bottle or a glass of wine in you <laughs> because uh, because yeah it, it definitely um it can get it can, can get kind of emotional it actually kind of I, I feel like the book takes place in the near future um there is a mention of COVID in it really briefly but it's like oh like ever since COVID this is blah, blah, blah gotcha. I, I, you know and then like um there's a part of the thing that's going on in the world is besides the uh the wheat blight that's happening mm-hmm. is like that a bunch of dead fish are, are ending up on the shores yeah. and that's so awesome. it's, it sounds like things that are going to happen in the near future. So. Um, it's, yeah, I would, I would say that, um, yeah, if, if, uh, it it could, it was kind of a tough read if you're kind of struggling to get through our, our modern times right now. So Brian and
3: I had this big, like, it's still an ongoing conversation between us, but it's how we deal with things emotionally. And I've come to the point in my life where I like to tamper things down and like kind of deal with them like in my own way. Um, you know, I can't afford therapy slash find a a therapist that fits with me so I do things a certain way and and Brian likes to watch sad things and read sad books and because it kind of like helps him work through it and we just have totally different like (laughs) ways of dealing with bullshit and I'm like oh man I can't read things that make me sad so I gotta (laughs) I have to find things that are stupid and funny and yeah and and not feel.
2: I'm, I'm more on that page. I was having a conversation recently with a friend. I was just like, not to belittle therapy, but I was the profession because it's very important. Absolutely. But I was also, if you can't find the right therapist, you just need to also find someone that you could just talk to honestly. And if you have that person in the life, and I'm sure that there's a value to having like an actual professional therapist, but also just someone that you could be brutally honest and open with. As long as you have that person, I'm sure. It, it helps like, you know, that, that, that healing perspective.
3: And and you bring up a really good point about the, about the therapy, like therapy as a profession. Is that like right now, you know, especially because we're ending, you know, like mental health awareness month and all these things, mm-hmm. that's great, but so many people, one can't afford therapy and two, even if they can't afford it, finding a good therapist to With your personality and the Mm -hmm. way that you need to be healed is very difficult, and I've really come to terms with that. Like I have tried therapy on and off for the last like three years, and I cannot find someone that just like kind of jives with me. And so, and then I think the person going to therapy feels like a fuck up and a failure because you can't
2: find a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) So So I feel like my my solution is a find a good bartender to survive yes, with yes.
3: you know um i don't get drug tested for my job so i might just start smoking weed <laughs> i mean that's an option always for me in california but i don't also know
0: true. <laughs> well you can always talk to me as well so.
3: i know i talk to you a lot i'm just I'm, i don't want to do, do that do you no, I'm Just. <laughs> That's why you read a bunch of sad shit because
0: (laughs) they talk to you. (laughs) All right. right. Well, um, if you guys are ready, then we can move on to our main subject of the episode, if you're all ready. Mm -hmm. So we have, um, this is actually, I was trying to think back. This is our first sequel episode. Um, this is the first time we got into a, a volume two of a series from um, after doing the first volume. So, so congratulations, Richard! You actually you created continuity <laughs> in this in this series in oh, this I, uh, podcast. And uh, I didn't know
2: I was uh, starting a new trend. <laughs>
0: yes. Um, So we're we're doing Bitterroot Volume Two, and um, the subtitle of that book is rage and redemption Wait. and it is by chuck brown david f walker sanford green sophie Dodson, and clayton cowles and it's from image so i'll let uh richard take over right now and let us know uh about the comics and slash why you picked it you besides picking our sequel book well, I,
2: um, basically, last May was the first time I was able to join you guys on the podcast, and I was like, "Oh, you know, it'd be a nice little symmetry a year later to follow up with uh, the Sangre family and see what's going on in the world of Bitterroot." It's not. Oh, wait, the book is great. What's going on in their world? Not great. <laughs> not great at all. But um, the uh, this volume two starts out with the uh, issue, the Red Summer Special, which. Uh, basically the red summer is the, uh, the cattle, or actually let me bring it back. Let me start, uh, at the end of the last volume, we had our big showdown with, uh, Dr. Walter Sylvester, uh, Sylvester and Lysa Nightshade. And basically they were, they weren't genuine. They were like, uh, a, an even tougher type of infection and demon. And they were taking over the city but they were uh, they they actually killed uh, mid nightsdale and they were able to subdue Doctor Sylvester. But he was able to use Janu to get away. But in in that fight, Cullen, who had got sucked into a portal, as well as Nora, uh, Blink's mother, they came back and you know helped turn the tide in that fight. And basically, that was the end scene on Volume One. So then Volume Two starts out with the Red Summer Special and the. Uh, Red Summer Special is kind of the inciting incident that got the Sangre family to more or less break up. It has to do with uh, basically the catalyst for everything is uh, the Tulsa race massacre in this world. I thought that was going to be just a uh, footnote when we read volume one, like you know, a little touchstone, but it is a catalyst for so much of this uh, narrative. Definitely. Mm-hmm. But basically in, um, in the Red Summer Special, we get a bunch of vignettes and shorts, uh, we see Ma Edda as a younger girl when she's trying to escape slavery in the under- Underground Railroad, get, a, mm-hmm. you know, attacked by Janu and saved. And basically this is like her origin story of how she became, you know, I guess for lack of better terms, heist priestess of, uh, you know, the root and fighting Janu. Mm-hmm. We get a, a nice little vignette about Berg as a kid who, you know, Berg is the most loquacious character maybe not just in this book most loquacious character in, in a comic that I've read in a while yeah exactly. we see that as a young man he had a stuttering problem and it was basically the point of his life where he was going to learn to start fighting Janu, and he was nervous and his father basically took him aside and it was just like you don't need to be scared to fight and like there's more to fighting than just picking up a weapon mm-hmm. and then he takes him to the fi- family library you just see you know the path that started him onto who he becomes as a man then we flash back to uh oh my god now i forgot his name <laughs> what's the uh the cousin's name ford ford thank you oh my god what a brain fart oh, yeah so was- ford and johnny ray and we're <laughs> seeing like the fight that got ford his you know, his, got scarred up, you know, him and Berg and Enoch are fighting Janu, and this is basically, again, the incident that gets him to leave the family, because after, like, the destruction that he sees, he's like, these people aren't worth saving, like, we just got to kill them all, you know, God will recognize their own type of situation, Mm -hmm. and a bunch of beautiful pinups, but, uh, in the Red Summer special, we also get another flashback to, like, uh, Walter Sylvester's origin, and, uh, that's going to be a theme throughout volume two. We're flashing back a lot to the Tulsa race, uh, massacre. You see his, his children get killed as well as, uh, when, uh, Miss Knightsdale uh, saves him and basically transforms for the first time. And, uh, fine uh, I think it might be the final vignette. You get one of blink in the city and you meet a new character. Woo. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, basically what we find out is, a lot of different cultures are fighting Janu. They all have their own words and terminologies mm-hmm. for these type of things. But basically Wu is a Chinese uh, American and like her and Blake are in the same circumstance that like as women in the 1920s, their family's like, no, you do women's work. You don't fight, mm-hmm. but they're total badasses. Mm-hmm. So they go fight at night and like mm-hmm. they'll drop the demons off at the police and the police are like, <laughs> one cop is like, hey, shouldn't we be out here doing stuff? He's like, nah, we wait for the... Uh, fairies to just drop <laughs> off things. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's right. And the final vignette is in uh it's actually called Barzak. And Barzak is the a portal or like it's a limbo. When we see people set through a portal, we thought that they died in the first volume. What we find out is they go to Barzak, which basically is like a limbo world between hell, the other side and our world. Mm-hmm. And in this vignette, we see what happens when Cullen goes through. He's, uh, you know, saved by his aunt Nora, and he finds his father there who actually has, is in a wheelchair. He's lost both his uh, legs. Mm-hmm. But that's when he finds out that they're alive and they've been fighting on the other side. Unfortunately, his mother, you know, and many others have passed away learning to, you know, fight the Janu and whatever demons are on this other side and keeping them from going home. And we just kind of see... Cullen, you know, go from the meat character he was when he first went through the portal to, like, a very brave, ferocious fighter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And basically that is the setup for everything that's gonna go down in the uh, meat of Volume 2, the actual story that's uh, uh, rage called Rage and Redemption. All righty. So in it, they get back uh like I said, Dr. Sylvester, he kind of escapes, but when, uh, Cullen and, uh, Aunt Nora came through the portal, they came through the portal chasing something, and what they're, uh, chasing is called Adro, and basically that's, like, head demon, like, we're not sure if it's the actual devil, if it's just the prime demon, but, uh, it seems to be what imbued, uh, both Doctor Sylvester and uh, Miss N- Nightdale with their powers. Mm-hmm. A- and help me out here. Did she? Was it that uh, Doctor Sylvester was weak, or did she take some of the demonic power from him? Because he he um, plays a lot more. He's human more often than not in in this volume compared to the the first volume.
0: I, I think she, she takes up a little bit of, of
2: his power. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I felt. she ate
1: something from him. Yeah, yeah. I thought she that she like
3: feeds off of like the anger and like the, the misery. Yeah.
2: Right, right, right. Because it, but I, I felt that it was weird narratively because she kept like, but you're my messiah my messiah, my disciple. But it also did seem that she pulled some power away from him. And I just I felt there there was a little incongruity there.
1: Yeah, when, when, cause they were together at first and then she, she literally went down and like ate something from his body and then like mm-hmm. fed something back to him. So like there was some, she, she was first, I think, but there was, there was some shared something there. Okay. I think I, I, I agree with you. There was, there, there was something I missed too, I think, but, but I, I think she went first. But they definitely kind of fed each other to some extent.
2: got it gotta. It. Yeah, no, I, and it does a lot of but this. I in don't, this book I don't where, know what she ate, right? She, no, no I she definitely saying, bent down and
1: ate something.
2: <laughs> no. no, it does a lot of it in this book where you stuff happens off panel and they just leave you to assume, which mm-hmm. I do appreciate. Like, you don't need to show and tell me everything, you mm-hmm. know. I, and all of us are uh, older on this end anyway. So like, yes, put my imagination to work. Let's get those cognitive <laughs> juices uh, uh, rolling. Keep keep us nicer, keep our brains healthy and spry. So I'm not, I'm with it. But yeah, there's some stuff that you're just kind of like, you're left to assume. Um, we do see a little mini showdown between uh, Ma, Etta, and Nora, because, you know, Nora's been on the other side and she's used to fighting. And Ma, Etta's like, hey, now nah, we got to do these roots. And uh, Nora's just like the mom, like, Stuff is different, like you know, it's not about women's work. And my dad is like, no, like I just wanted some time with you, my daughter. One and two, she's <laughs> like, I actually had to check you and make sure you're good because you know my could like really see inside of people's souls. And she's like, you're good, you're clean. And she's like, well, why did you feel the need to check me? And Nora's like, oh, is something up with Cullen? Because the whole energy of Cullen, he's very rat- brash. Yes. He's a lot angry, like. It, it's more angry. than like it's more than uh oh like war hardening. There is a there seems to be a rage to him and uh, impulsiveness Impatience, that definitely was yeah. yeah that wasn't there before and mm-hmm. it's it's definitely uh, bothering everyone. But uh all the the men of the family, including Cullen, they go and they meet the other families. There's a like a, a Chinese constituent uh, middle, uh it seems to be an Indian uh something vaguely Middle Eastern something. Someone vaguely, uh, I guess, Mexican, a gentleman named O'Reilly. I guess he's the uh, Irish contingent. Yes, but these are all families that uh, that fight their own forms of these demons. And basically, it's like, hey, we got to bring the families together. Like this is bigger than all of us, and everyone's basically like, hey, you Sangres are reckless, and you know, Enoch's there, and Enoch's the one that you know everyone seems to have issue with because he dabbles in the dark arts. So basically, they're like, "This is your issue. Screw you." <laughs> and you know, they, they they don't make much hay. No, as <laughs> as far as uh unite uniting everyone together. On the other end, you you see um, uh, Ford, uh, Berg, and Blink. They're out here fighting, but uh, Berg is getting terrified because he keeps losing control, and he's becoming more and more monstrous. And he's just like it's not just that I'm becoming more monstrous, is that I'm feeling a pull like internally that is making me feel this way. And I'm feeling other people's pain and rage and suffering. And he's, he just doesn't know what to do with those feelings. And the, this part of the chapter, we end with uh, a week later, Dr. Sylvester and Adro, they go down to Georgia and they find a, a small child being hung and his family. And Adriel's like, like, nah. I could fix this for you. I could deliver you from your suffering, and that's not going to end well because she's showing up mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh huh. <laughs> that they're suffering, and it's it's gonna just it's gonna be bad for the people.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. So we fast forward to the next chapter. We're getting more flashbacks to to Oklahoma to Doctor Sylvester's grief. And basically, you know, what set him on this path, but also we get a flashback to, to Oklahoma with uh, a character, a Sangre character, her name's Aunt Nice. we haven't seen much of her yet, but she's fighting, or she's working with a uh, Native American woman who also, you know, deals with these demons in her, in her language, the Janos called the Hanese Ono, mm-hmm. and they see, um, they're the first ones to see a uh, Lysa Knightsdale when she's in that big crow hawk form, you know, her big monstrous form. And they actually save her and kind of help her out and basically transform her to back being human. And they're the ones that tell them about the song grid that sends them up to, uh, to Harlem to get help.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, that's basically, you know, this is littered with uh, flashbacks to old Oklahoma and, you know, the Sangre family, they're doing some hunting. Our uh, friend Johnny Ray, the uh, white boy that Ford saved in the first <laughs> volume, he's there, and oh my god, he's over here trying to be, you know, the most helpful kid. He feels remorse <laughs> for all the crappy, shitty, racist stuff that he was into, and Cullen... Becoming a little bit a- of a
1: badass? <laughs>
2: yes, yeah, 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 no, definitely becoming a bit of a badass, yeah. but like, Cullen, angry Cullen he will have none of it like (laughs) the dude's trying to help out dude's trying to save your life and he has no interest Mm -mm. in in any of that
1: to be fair he's got no interest in anything
2: also true really but it it does suck just because i'm like yo this kid's trying really hard to to make good (laughs) and to do right and that's all it Even in the most atrocious things, like isn't that what you want from the human experience? Is that oh, I fucked up and I grew and I try to do better. Exactly, Mm -hmm. and it's just like the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, I'm so frustrated with color. I'm like, come (laughs) on, man, this dude's trying to
1: make good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. it's most obvious with Johnny, but you can see it with everybody else too.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's most obvious with
1: Johnny because Johnny's trying the hardest to get better. And so that difference is there, but he Cullen's getting worse with everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then so we flash back down to Georgia, where Adro has actually resurrected the child that uh, that uh, ha- had gotten hanged by, you know, just white supremacists. But uh, when he's resurrected, he has the same, you know, yellow tint to his eyes that both Dr. Sylvester has. And as well as berg has when he gets into that demon form which is you know probably not a good sign
1: <laughs> okay, a little like a zombie
2: yep
0: exactly Very a little like bit
1: a just a bit
0: <laughs> especially when there's that confrontation later um with sylvester and the and the boy's father and mm-hmm. the boys just mm-hmm. sitting there just kind of doing nothing
2: <laughs> yeah so. he's just kind of blank he's like yeah my mm-hmm. and the father who knows nothing of the root and you know these demons and whatnot He's just like, that's not my son. It's mm-hmm. a very pet cemetery, pet cemetery <laughs> situation. Yes. He's just like, my son's alive, but my son is not in there. Like that's the body, um, but that's that's not you know that's not my my son. Mm-hmm. So you know, basically the the Sangre, they're going it alone. They try to get the families together. It didn't work out. So they're giving serum. Um, to, to, to to the police and stuff because they're like, this is too big and you're you're going to have a lot on your hands and they go down to like a jazz club because that's where people are commiserating but like every, all the club goers are transforming into Geno
0: <laughs> or to the, the Insado or-, uh,
2: or the Insado, yeah, that's right because yep. that's the thing, the transformations are the same but like it's hard to tell the difference yeah, and the police definitely have that issue because they are not well versed
0: Essentially, if you're a minority, you're turning into an Enzado. And if you're not a minority, then you're turning into a Janu. Right. So
2: the Janus seem to be turned by, like, hate and, like, yes. just being evil. Whereas, like, uh, the Enzado seems to be, hey, like, in your greatest moment of despair. Sadness. <laughs> exactly. Sadness, fear, grief. And, but somehow that makes them stronger and the transformation more palpable. Mm-hmm. I guess, you know. You live with grief, you know, somebody passes away, a family, you know, someone's murdered. So I guess you live with that a little bit longer and, you know, rage, maybe rage is a little bit more fleeting. That's why it's easier to get get rid of.
0: It's like a hot burning fire, you know,
2: Exactly. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, but,
2: um, so after that talk that we uh, discussed between uh, the father of the, 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 the boy who got resurrected, we start to see, uh. We we're talking about a heel turn earlier for you Brian we see kind of a face turn for Dr. Sylvester because he's just like <laughs> oh I thought this was salvation yeah. like this was my god oh this mm-hmm. is the devil this, <laughs> this thing is going to destroy how didn't kinda-
1: I see this coming
2: yeah. when, when I was what transformed into a giant monster <laughs> how did I assume that this was a good thing yeah
0: Exactly.
2: Like we were just talking about, uh, Johnny Ray. Life's a journey, man, and (laughs) it's never too late to do the right thing. I guess.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess.
2: Yeah. So basically, they are like, (laughs) yeah. Well, well, they haven't. He's doing it before like the real murder and mayhem begins. I'll give him that. Like he's like, oh, yes, yes.
0: Like- he was quick to figure this out once he saw Adrian like- like basically suck the souls out of everybody. <laughs> yeah,
2: he was like, oh, I'm in the it's- shit. I'm it-
1: <laughs> I mean-
2: It's a. Uh- it's 1939 he was a giant in Germany. Yeah. Exactly, right? You would think, you would think, but but like it's like 1939 in Germany, and he's like, Oh, I was really hyped about the wrong things. This is
0: about to be very bad.
2: <laughs> the trains are running on time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's like, no, no, no. He's like, yo, that rally was really dope like oh. last week, and now I'm just like, oh. Oh shit. Oh, so uh, yeah, yeah at
1: least at least it wasn't that bad. She, yeah, she was true. making some decent points.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, he, he kind of got, got this. Off lynching,
1: this. this lynching is bad. Okay, I can it get is. behind that.
0: <laughs> right, right, right,
3: <laughs> but right. She was, true,
1: but true but she was a giant crow demon at first, yeah. and that <laughs> that should have, that should have set off some bells.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I, I don't even think I said that exp- uh, explicitly. I can speak words. I can do this. <laughs> got it. You're but Astro. When Adro came over, so Adro is this demon, but she is inhabiting uh, the the dead, or she's puppeting the body, or he's puppeting the body of uh, Eliza Nightsdale, you know, who was once, you know, hit, uh, Dr. Sylvester's partner. But of course, he doesn't, it doesn't look like her. She looks super demonic now.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like a tree, also. Like, like a tree. Yeah.
2: She, um, she does kind of have like group vibes of like things are just coming off of her mm-hmm. <laughs> that look like branches and whatnot, but basically uh
1: tall she's, hair yes. that she's got going now yeah.
2: And she's like, a, she has a bluish hue, but it's like mm-hmm. a very nice evocative uh, demon like you can kind of see that it's sort of supposed to have sex appeal or, you know, some sort of desire to it, but it looks increasingly and incredibly evil
0: there's, yeah, there's moments where, where she looks like um, Nightmare from uh, Marvel Comics. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yes, it does.
0: Yeah. Well. Um,
2: so basically after uh, this talk with Dr. Sylvester and uh, the uh, the father, they're overheard by Adro. And she, her, him, it has turned to everybody. And it's just time to run. It's, mm-hmm. it's just time to run. But at the same time, a contingent of Cullenberg, Nora Ford, and uh, Johnny Ray are heading down towards Georgia because, uh, with what Berg's transformation is going, he could feel the pull like towards Adro and mm-hmm. like that uh, that grief and despair in that direction. So that's where they're headed, and they go to a super racist town. And when they get there, everyone's <laughs> basically a demon. They break, break down. Around. Yeah, they yeah. break down basically right before yeah. that town. It's a, and it has an ironic name, Hopeville. Help <laughs> a
1: sundown town.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Johnny Ray's like, "What happens when the sun goes down?" I don't get it. <laughs> it's
2: like, oh poor
1: Johnny Ray. <laughs>
2: uh, fun times, fun fun times. Mm-hmm. History's bad, y'all. Yes,
1: <laughs> and it's not that old. We had sundown towns here in Texas up until oh. I think the nineties, early two thousands. So There's
3: nice. um a YouTuber that st- that does um like little. Uh, you know exposés on current sundown
2: towns in the south still oh my mm-hmm. god we yeah. don't
1: we don't have signs for them anymore nope, but there's they no they signs, are still still. They're still i guess there. yeah
2: yeah you, yeah you just know mm-hmm.
1: we, we we call them gated communities <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah the um yeah it, it's um, it's it's sad that things like the you know like the green book and stuff had to exist at during this time because of things like this you know so but um, no, no,
2: like what uh the the fun or not fun but fascinating things about that movie green book when it came out oh yeah is how there was so many people alive that's like oh yeah i remember my dad having his green book when and we go so on road sad. trips and it's yeah. like you know this person's only so they were a kid then so they're like in their 60s 70s now and it's just like you keep trying to tell me it was a long time ago. It wasn't mm-hmm. long Not enough. Not that if
1: long ago. If you're yeah.
2: my, if you're
0: my age, I'm forty-one um, and or older, and you got to travel with just a Thomas Brothers Atlas uh, when you were a kid, then you, you're privileged, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> unfortunately, and th- and that wasn't a long time ago.
3: I remember we were on a road trip from um, California to Albuquerque, New Mexico, probably in the early '90s. And um, on our way back, we stopped in Kingsman, Arizona to go to like Denny's or whatever. And um, there were people with like open carry weapons and everyone in there was white. And my father is very, very dark and my family very much looks like a Mexican family. So we walked in and immediately... My dad was like, nope. And we walked out.
2: And I mean, it wasn't. (laughs) I I thought thought you were going to say there was like an actual uh, record scratch when you folks walked in. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
3: everyone looked at us. It was dead silent. And we got looked at. And my dad was like, nope, we're good. So we left. And I think we just like ate in the car, like at a McDonald's or something like we. But it's funny because, you know, where we live now, it's like mostly Mexican. So I'm super comfortable. But yeah, Yeah, it was just a weird experience.
2: That happened to me one time in a small town outside of Jacksonville. I walked into a Hardee's. I was half asleep. I'd been I'd been up for 24 hours. I'd been driving for like six hours at that point. So I walk into the Hardee's and I walk to the bathroom, you know, use the facilities, but I wash my face and get myself a little bit more alert. And then when I go up to the counter to place my order, that's when I notice, oh, every employee and patron is looking at me and they are all... All white. It's just yes. like, oh,
1: mm.
2: oh, cool. I'm in a place that you know I shouldn't feel that comfortable. still into my fucking food, though. I was starving.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <You> gotta eat. <laughs> yeah.
2: Exactly. Like it was just like, oh, but like I like literally. Everyone's looking at me, and I swear to God, everybody, including the customer, said hi in almost unison. And I was just like, oh, okay. And they're like, falsetto, I, and, like and, hi. Yeah, you know, and it was sounds. one of those deals I was like, look, man, I'm not even saying they're racist, but I was just like, they just don't see black people. No. Ever. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like, 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 this was like, oh, like, it was as if a space fan had walked into mm-hmm. the, uh, the the hardies. I was just like, okay. You could have had
0: three eyes and five arms, <laughs> and you would have got the same. Very
2: at the time, I did, but, you know, we've yeah. had <laughs> yeah. a lot of cosmetic surgery since then. Okay, good, good, good. You do
0: live in Miami, so, yeah.
2: Sorry. <laughs> capital of the world. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the bitter root. Yes. <laughs> so, um, basically, remember that I was saying how they had the cops helping them out. They had given them serum. Everyone that they're, basically, everyone that they've used the serum on has transformed to human and now is promptly transforming back, and they're in their they, they, they sold them up, put them in their gel cells, but like they are like scratching, either engraving or writing in their own blood a bunch of like signs. And they call in my head and my head is like, look, I'm the expert. I have no idea what's going on, mm-hmm. which that's not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> no. When the expert's like, hey, I have no clue, that ain't a good thing. We flash back to Georgia. Um, Cullen, Ford, and Aunt Nora have been overrun. They kind of lost track of Berg, a Berg and uh Johnny Ray, and you know Cullen, who's you know a douche at this point. He's like, "Fuck <laughs> Johnny <cares>? Ray." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, "Fuck him." He's white. Yeah, he's probably you know, joined the like, up, You know, like, yeah, he's, he's like, yeah, he's probably he's a coward. He ran away. Yeah, and all the while Johnny Ray is because the car had broken down, so he's back at the car. He's getting weapons. and He no, he 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 feels a sense of duty. He's gonna go back them up. He's hit into in this till the end. And at the same time, Do- Dr. Sylvester, the mother and father are on the run from Adro and everything, everyone that she's turned. And uh, the, the the husband falls by the wayside. The wife wants to go back. <laughs> and Dr. Sylvester's like, ain't no going back. It's a wrap for him. Like if any of us gets, you know, falls behind, it's mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. So they keep running. And Uh, Blake goes down to Chinatown with uh, uh, Uncle Enoch who they've had some cute heart to heart moments and all this because she hates him (laughs) because she feels that he's the one that got her mother killed even though that her mother's back and he's just like whatever you need to do to get you through if you need to hate me hate me but he's just like I love my family he's like everything I've done is like the best decision I could make at the time no matter how fucked up it ends up He's like the which most I mean character right right he's very level-headed and he's just like I he's like I, I have no disdain for you and I get that like because of the ramifications of my actions you need to hate me but uh you know it is what it is and it seems to be making her closer but also he understands like everyone tries to put her in this uh woman box and dr Enoch is or ugly Enoch's one of the few people that's just kind of like no you're super capable everyone should listen to you
3: <laughs> yeah for sure. Yep.
2: So uh, basically in Chinatown, there's a giant, like, uh, uh, I forget, there are a Gweezy, I guess it's called Gweezy or pronounced that way, but uh, it's, it's their demon, but it's like a giant red Chinese dragon. It looks awesome. (laughs) It is amazing. (laughs) That, that they're fighting and basically um, Wu that we met in the uh, Red Summer special uh uh, blink is going over there to help her out but also to to conscript her because she's like hey the men are stupid they make bad decisions which holds true (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's just like hey like this is too big you need to form up with us because like if we don't fight this together it's going to be bad for everybody and we just see more people all over the city in harlem they're doing the same engravings that uh that uh, the, the folks were doing in the jail cell, and what we find out is that they're engraving uh something in Chinese, and what it is is that it gets translated. It's an invitation to the God of Destruction, which I'm assuming mm-hmm. is Adro, because it is. But, but but and even someone says it's or it's less of an invitation, but it's more of a welcome, as though that God is already here. Mm-hmm. So, uh, basically, we get uh, back in uh, Georgia. Johnny raised the cavalry. He saves Berg. He uh, he talks to the little uh, Are – they're not de- – are, are they demons? The little creatures that come from the other side. Yeah, they're little demons. Help. But yeah, they're, that, they're friendly. That, they're they're like they, Pokemon. They're, they're friendly <laughs> demons. They help out the song. Range. So, he comes with a phalanx of them, saves Berg, saves Nora, saves Ford, and saves Cullen. And, you know, they're like, see, Cullen? He's a pretty good dude. He came back mm-hmm. for us. Ford is super attached to Johnny Ray. Like, again, more stuff that happened off-panel because mm-hmm. their yeah. relationship, basically, when, we, when you read volume one, you know, they're oil and water. And then every time you flash back to them, the relationship's gotten a little bit better. And then to the point now where it's super strong.
0: Yeah, and Ford's a loner. And so, you know, he's the he's the character you yeah. think they have a problem
2: with. with he's uh, a, yeah, exactly. But he is completely, yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, but Cullen's like his like uh, baby duckling, and he's imprinted on him, and now Cullen, uh, and, uh, Ford's imprinted on him back. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, in this uh, pre- penultimate chapter, we see that uh, our friend Dr. Sylvester, or I guess friend now, <laughs> he's, he's, yeah. he's a lot better. He'll be he's gotten chased by Adro, and he ends up, of course, to Hopeville we're the showdown everyone are you know so many of our characters are in the same place and now you know it's go time (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. so in this final chapter when we open up like the fight's already started and 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 it's it's down fairly fairly bad um so he doesn't turn into his full crow form at any point but dr sylvester has gotten more demonic so his bird and they're fighting back, Adro, but like, again, they're completely overwhelmed. Um, Cullen is, you know, brash. He's like, you know, bleep, Adro. He, he's like, you know, like, <laughs> this is our last stand. If we die, we die. And everyone's like, yo, like, can you chill out and let's <laughs> strategize? Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I'm going in alone. Jeez, I had to clear my throat for a second. Oh. So, yeah. And Cullen is, uh, Cullen's like trying to get him to pull back for a second and like, Grabs the shoulder, and of course, or excuse me, uh, Johnny Ray's pulling Cullen's shoulder, excuse me. And of course, Cullen's super shitty about it, he's like, Don't touch me. And he and you know, <laughs> Johnny Ray's just trying to be the rational one. And of course, while he's trying to be rational, trying to help, uh, uh Adro and the demons like he gets stabbed in the back. It's very graphic,
0: mm-hmm. like.
2: Mm-hmm. <sighs> I it's mean it's cute. more cart- it's cartoonish, but like it is gruesome. So I guess a slight trigger warning, but like I also think it it's just beautiful art. Like the Sanford mm-hmm. Green art in all of this oh, yeah. is absolutely gorgeous. That's my first
0: note after we're done with the <laughs> after we're done yeah.
2: with the synopsis. Yeah. So, you know, Cullen gets murdered. Ford is devastated. Everyone's devastated basically except Cullen. Cullen looks like a freaking sociopath. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um axe you know axe in hand and everything so back in harlem though a giant portal to 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 i guess to barzak is opening up in the sky (laughs) and more and more demons are pulling through so we're just basically ping-ponging back and forth between what's going on in georgia what's going on in harlem it looks terrible for everybody involved and basically the cavalry just shows up. Those little, uh, those little cute demons that I are friendly.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
2: all their big brothers and big sisters pull up, and they're yep. still adorable, but they're a lot more ferocious looking.
0: Mm-hmm. A lot different, and they're too.
2: um, they're they're uh, you know, flanked by someone in the same armor that uh, or, or a similar type of armor that uh, uh, Cullen and Aunt Nora were were wearing when they came through the portal, mm-hmm. and that basically turns the tide. They're fighting Adro off. They can't kill Adro. They know this. They, they, they know that they're too weak to kill Adro. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Sylvester is willing to make the sacrifice. And he pulls Adro back into the portal to Barzak and the other side. And everyone's like, hey, we, we, like, we, we've survived. And like the person that came into the rescue that's still armored up, we haven't seen them. They're like, eh, we survived, but we didn't win. This mm-hmm. is the beginning, not the end. Yep. uh and everyone's kind of a little relieved again cullen's very shitty about it mm-hmm. <laughs> they, we're gonna have a cullen problem all through the rest of bitter root and the end of the issue ends with uh, our savior um unmasking but y- you know we're getting the uh the silhouette so we can't see and it's like everyone's like oh, it's you you don't see the shock video. but we can't see them mm-hmm. and then we get the last panel is a flash forward to a year later and we see um uh, blink a year older aunt Nora. we see Wu. we see another woman with them and it's just mm-hmm. like and uh blink who has always been about hey you know we can convert who we can and we say but she's also on the uh you know kill kill them all let god sort them out type of deal and that's where we end right there in this uh volume of bitter root
0: mm-hmm.
2: And uh, just
1: like Volume One, it's
2: pretty effing excellent. <laughs> it's a really, really good book.
0: Yeah, no, no argument from me at least. Um,
1: it absolutely is. Yeah,
0: yeah. This this was um, it's they, they do the three act thing so much better than most movies do nowadays. And this is the this is that second act where everything just builds up and like you get to the the despair moments, and yet like it's still just such a fantastic read with the colors and and the artwork and it's just yeah it's it's even there was no words and there was no story it's just pretty to look at
2: (laughs) yeah no it's absolutely gorgeous the color work is fantastic as well like i mean all through the book they use like non-traditional colors like it's like hues of greens hues of reds like you know certain scenes like the whole yeah the whole scene is kind of tinted in a way but it's just just a very fun use of a color arrangement and one thing I was going to say yeah. about the release schedule of this book, and I think um, I have I, I appreciate it more because I'm older, because when you're younger, you're more impulsive. Like, I, you know, if I read a good issue of X-Men when I was 16, I couldn't wait for the next issue no. of X-Men, whereas now I'm like, I'll get to it. You have real life. You're an adult. You got stuff to do. Yep. But the fact mm-hmm. that uh, this book, like, you know, they have a release schedule like we do six issues that we go on hiatus. That way, the writing, the art, the color, nothing suffers because they're not on like a crunch deadline all the time, I guess, because mm-hmm. yeah. every every issue looks absolutely beautiful. Like everything is well written. It never slacks on quality. Whereas I feel like if this was a, a monthly big two book, you know, we'd have a fill-in artist here. Mm-hmm. Like there'd just be, you wouldn't get this uh, quality of product if it didn't have the release schedule that it has.
0: And more power to put in as long as it's a scheduled scheduled um like you know breaks then then we mm-hmm. then we, know we know we're happening. Take your time, please. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's very upfront. Quality.
2: You're not like blindsided. Oh, this book is going on hiatus now we don't know when it's returned. Yeah. Like,
3: I thought the book was really, really good. Um, I love the artwork and I love the coloring. And I thought the story, you know, I'm just like I'm infatuated with all the characters. I think they're mm-hmm. They all have their highs and their lows. And I think it's really cool. And Mm -hmm. I love the family dynamic. Um, I think most people, but specifically like people of color can really understand the dynamics of like a strong family. You know, we're raised a certain way. So I I just, I think that's always like fun little nods to read into. Um, The only thing that fucked with me personally was the time flips? Yes. I could not keep up <laughs> with that with reading, and it was confusing to me. It, it didn't diminish the story for me, but it did. I was confused as to who was where at what time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was it, my
2: It only goes problem. back and forth a lot, and it sometimes. Does. If you're not paying attention, like, you're just like, wait, what, what? <laughs> yeah,
1: there I- there was a moment I had to go back because uh, Dr. Sylvester, like, there was a point where I was like, did his children die in Tulsa or did he think his kids died in Tulsa? Like, did his kids because when the flip back with his like, did he give his kids away at the church because mm-hmm. blah blah blah? And like he went back mm-hmm. and I got so confused about yeah. that temporarily and had to go go back and reread. I was like, wait, were his kids even there? Was he So yeah, there were there were a couple of times Please. where I got really confused on yeah, the no, totally. back and forth. And I was like, would this have read easier? month to month or issue no. to issue rather um
2: i, I can tell because you right i would now, have had
1: space it was, harder.
2: <laughs> it was harder no 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 um i mean i i really love the book but also i feel like this is like one of the few books where i'm like hey it might help if there's like a glossary at the end because <laughs> there's yeah. so Possibly. many proper proper nouns that are new and different and i love it because you so know many a, characters. Yeah, so many characters, so many you know named characters, and with that flip flopping back and forth, that like especially the stuff that confused me. That scene um, in the church, I was just like, "Wait, what?" And then the other scene where mm-hmm. it's uh, um, I forgot her name, uh, Aunt uh, Aunt Bernice, and the mm-hmm. uh, Native American uh, uh woman, where because I was just like, these are characters we hadn't really seen, and I was just like, "Oh, I, I, I didn't realize it was in the past at first until we mm-hmm. saw them." You know, help her uh, help uh, Miss mm-hmm. uh, Nightsdale transform back. That was like, well, that character is obviously dead, so that is the past. But when it opens right. up, I I just was like, are we just flashing to somewhere else? <laughs>
0: the um so so yeah, when I, I, I read the entire series on month to month and that was my one issue and I had to um I literally had to go back, especially after the last issue of each part and have to read the entire thing all in one piece Mm -hmm. before because of the time jumps. Uh, They do a good job showing, telling what year each thing is happening. But this happens a lot in the third part too, I'm just forwarding you guys. (laughs) And um, the, um, but they they do a good job, you know like telling you like where they're at and what year it is. However, it's, but like, you know, I think because you know, you have to remember 1924 is current Mm -hmm. time, you know, like, like right, it's the past, you know, like, it's all passed to us now in 2021 or 2022. Wow. Um, But yeah, it's, um, but yeah, you know, you have to kind of just remember, like, okay, 1924 equals current time 1920 or 1919 is past, you know, so it's like, yeah, that, that threw me off when I was first reading it as well. Um, Yeah,
1: I I really made once I noticed, I really made an effort to check my top corner is there going to be a date up here (laughs) I need there to be a date a a location (laughs) and a date location and a date please put it up there Mm -hmm. fill me in
0: this storytelling happens all the exact same way in the third part too so
3: and Richard I I need to thank you and I really appreciated the fact that you gave um, kind of a rundown of volume one before going into volume two because volume two picks up right where volume one ends and there's no like yeah, yeah. In the first issue you know or whatever yeah, like, yeah no, no, we could have
2: we could have used the recap page at the beginning oh. uh, of uh, of uh that first issue i like the family
0: tree yeah the family yeah. tree was helpful
2: yeah the family tree's neat
0: mm-hmm. but but it's... no
2: and the, and the thing is that like we've made this comment on so many books it's like oh god does this world feel lived in like it oh
0: yeah it really does
2: Every character has a lot of their own thing going on. They all feel very fleshed out, but the world feels very very lived in. And I do and, and again, I think this is like the perspective of, of an older comics reader. Man, every time I read these books, I'm like, what about the normal people that just I'm walking to the store and there's just <laughs> demons everywhere. Exactly. And that and was like the first of, book was. Oh,
1: sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. And speaking of like the world feeling lived in and art like everybody, background, foreground, individual characters, everybody looks unique. Like everybody yeah, has their distinct. own look. Incredibly distinct. That has to take so much work.
2: Absolutely no, yeah. You know, I, 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 mean, I, I mean,
1: obviously,
2: Amazing it's not like a, a cartoon, but like, I wonder if he has like a master sheet of uh, character designs
1: too. Um, I,
2: I do love, uh, and I feel like it must be deliberate, but, uh, uh, Dr. Sylvester, when he's uh normal and flashbacks, I think he's just Malcolm X. Yeah. <laughs> every time I look at that. him, I'm just like, Hey, that's Malcolm X.
1: Mm-hmm. Could be.
2: Like, I mean, it seems like, it seems like it has to be a direct reference. I mean, I could be mistaken, but every time I look at him, I'm like, Hey, Malcolm X is here. It's like, no, no, no. It's Dr. Sylvester.
0: Um, <laughs> uh- so, Sanford Green Green um, puts a lot of um, of his artwork, his his uh, his pages and everything on uh, on social media, and yeah, he he has kind of a, a key usually on you know every character, and there's so there's so much love and time put into each character as well, like it,
1: it's got to be massive. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's such an ensemble.
3: <laughs> so book. many
1: characters.
0: Yeah
3: it's so exquisitely done just everything yes. is top tier mm-hmm. like with everything so expensive right now I feel like this is a really good value yeah. <laughs> like yeah. to buy. you know it's just like it's it's just such a good book and it's and it's interesting and there's there's nuances to things that maybe like people like didn't know about or didn't grow up with and were they're infusing like real life history into like this very like obviously like magical world and it's just again books from from different point of views are so important to read and I just I really even though I was confused as fuck reading this it was so good (laughs) I was very happy to have spent my time reading it right and one
2: thing it does it really well it threads the needle in that like i feel like this type of book and the story that they're telling like it could really demonize white people especially when they're becoming actual demons in the book Mm -hmm. but like it's still like it's still like nah like this is not them this is an infection of hate and we're gonna exactly. make this work. We're gonna figure this out for all of us because, like, at the end of the day, we're all in it together. But I'm like, from the perspective that the book's written for, I'm like, oh yeah, you could totally just write off white people and demonize them, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, no, yeah. no, they thread the needle very, very well in that. And that's like, and where,
1: the like, idea is to heal them, right? Right, exactly. To heal that, that hate,
0: and yes. the one and the ones who just want to to kill them are the ones that are looked down upon, you know? Right? Like, yeah. It's it's yeah. It, and the thing is, is that that's exactly. If like this ever like gains traction and becomes like a TV show or a movie, that's what the the conservative pundits are going to be like. Oh, they're just killing right. white
2: people, and they're. so evil. I mean, yeah, it's already option. That's going to be an yeah. incredible news cycle. Whatever that trailer hits, is. It, it, <laughs> My like, God, read the book and I then try wait. to say that you know.
3: <laughs> well, and it's, it's it's such a beautiful like analogy that hatred is an infection, it is. and that it can yeah. be cured. Mm -hmm. you just have to want the cure of it yep and you have to not you have to work
1: for it absolutely you have to work
2: for it you have to be willing to take the medicine you have Mm -hmm. to go through it like um even with johnny ray who did not become a demon but he was infected with hatred Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. you know what he was he put in the work he was like oh like (laughs) these are just people they saved my life i i was being a monster and he's like i'll do better
1: and became I, a better person became a badass mm-hmm. yeah and,
3: and and i think the johnny ray storyline could have been could have been very tenuous as far as d- really pushing forward a, a rhetoric of quote unquote like demonizing white people because when he died they all could have been like well that white boy's gone fuck him
0: yeah. and like their no day. Yeah. and there
3: was real grief and there was yeah. real sadness and we because a lot of things are nuanced that we don't necessarily see everything on the page we could tell ford's grief i mean he was devastated by johnny mm. ray being killed mm-hmm. their so relationship
2: like, is so cute it like, is, I'm it's funny, adorable it starts it's so harsh and then mm-hmm. like no they're they're so in the take for each other it's adorable
3: and and the words and I'm, I'm really bad with names of characters I might get confused um the, the lady who said like, oh, the best we can, because Ford wants to honor Johnny Ray properly and like take him with, like take his oh, body yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, the best that we can do is honor him through our actions and like carry him in our hearts. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. that's so, that's what That's what people do for other people when they care, regardless of, you know, mm-hmm. like the color of your skin. It's just like yeah. when you when you care for someone, you want to honor them in some way. And I just, I think they did a really nice job of navigating that situation and making it so that way, you know, so that way if somebody who's not POC or not black reads the book, they're not feeling personally attacked. Cause you know, I mean, like when you have internalized shittiness, and you read something by someone who's not you. I mean, I'm guilty of this. Like when I read something, I'm like, oh, they're attacking me. You know, and yeah. it's like, it's not. It's because you have your own
0: and internalized bullshit. Like you need to like work I on it. Think, I think they also did a really good job of that too. Because in the 20s, um, you know, the minorities were even like the Catholics. And even if they were white Catholic, they were minorities. And like, that's why the Irish were there as well, fighting the 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 Jew. Yeah. Because, um, because yeah, they might be white, but they were also considered, you know, a pariah on the the land as other minorities were by a lot of the majority. um, so yeah, um,
1: speaking of good storytelling, mm -hmm. um, Cullen's story was handled really well, Mm -hmm. I thought. Yeah,
0: yes, from it gets better
1: from, from, uh, the summer section in the beginning to where you get at the end like you can tell step to step to step how his story is going to go and it reads better backwards almost where you end up you can say yes it made complete and utter sense you can kind of see it happening But when you're at the end and you go back, you're like, yes, I can see every single step of this and how he ended up here. It never at any point feels forced. Mm -hmm. It never at any point feels like, where did this come from? I didn't see this coming. It never feels like a twist or a surprise because that uh, the demon calls it selfishness at the end. And yes, you can see that or the impulsiveness or whatever that desire he had to leave was so strong that it was very much his need to go rather than his need to save other people mm-hmm. like he'd been taught to do. Um, that internalization was so well done where it was a smaller thing at the very beginning when he had been sucked through the void that just grew within him as time went on. Yeah, It was so well done and so subtly done but very, very apparent as the story went on. Um, but even though he was a huge jackass at the end, <laughs> um, it wasn't, I don't think they hit you over the head with it. No. You know, he like he was terrible, terrible to Johnny. Like yeah. you felt that. I mean, that was, he, he, was a, he was a real jackass those last like couple of pages. Um, but I don't think it was like too smack you over the head with a bat with it Mm -mm. I think it was very much you could see why he was this way he was stuck in like purgatory Mm -hmm. so he was gonna be a little bit of a jackass Mm -hmm. but he was you knew where he was coming with from it and and I thought that was really well written
2: now as I said we all saw how that worked out for Leon. and Ferda was rough
0: (laughs) (laughs) And she was the queen of them though so, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: so but i was gonna say um with uh with cullen so do you feel that uh because you remember how my etiquette see into his you know see into souls so do you feel that it's just general shittiness to him or he's like he has some sort of infection whether it be Janu or ensenado that like is going to flourish through the uh, later volumes because i like at first i was like oh he has a demon but like when all the Adro stuff is happening, like he doesn't get turned, but he is like, he has so much rage.
1: (laughs) Well, Mm -hmm. Brian's read it, so Brian doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) I won't say
2: much. Yeah, yeah, true.
1: But I would say if these emotions are creating infections, if these like negative emotions are Mm -hmm. creating infections, then he had that, you know, we can't, you know, everyone else is saying we have to protect the outside world from from being infected by what's in here. And he's like, fuck in here. We've got to get it to the outside world and we can do what's out there. You know, we can do what's necessary out there. That's this really strong, you know, he no longer cared about doing his job. He just wanted to be free of purgatory, yeah. whatever cost. he was already harboring these selfish emotions. He was no, tired of it. He was fed up with it. So he's, he's got something inside of him. So I think he's infected with something it might not be the same thing right that other people are infected with it may not be the hatred it may not be the misery like the fear and the grief yeah it may be something else but i think he's infected with something
2: Oof.
3: so can I've... oh, sorry richard go ahead no no no
2: go ahead i was just gonna say when he was leaving uh the purgatory the barza, he was like oh they're like what about your dad he's like i'll ah, leave it behind like <laughs> it's real brutal. fuck him i can't wait
0: till you guys read the volume um (laughs) like we gotta do it soon can
3: you can you harbor those strong emotions and not be infected because i feel like you can because i feel like he has a level it could be like self-hatred it could be like internalized whatever but i feel like he has so much of whatever that emotion is. He's like surpassed any sort of infection that they deal with. Like mm-hmm. this is just pure him going through shit that he has to like work on. You know, going yeah. back around to our therapy
2: conversation. Like, yeah, it, definitely. It's
3: mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. Maybe I I'm mis- um, I miss
2: um. I wonder what the. I say, uh, I say- the- Go ahead. No, I, was saying, I wonder what the therapy conversation was like in the 1920s
1: you've got to be able to have some kind of you know not everyone in the world has turned into a demon so you've got to be able to have some sort yeah. of a level of emotion that doesn't turn you into a demon mm-hmm. but Absolutely. he's been in the presence of these demons exactly. and is harboring these emotions and is externalizing them it's not just internalizing and he has externalized them so if anyone were to be infected with something i think it would be him Mm -hmm. but i've not read it so i don't know
0: i'm just gonna say he needs to go through some stuff in the third volume and and there's some good character development um also also blink um, I love Blink. It, this sets up. This really sets up Volume Three for Blink, and like I, I that's like once again, like I can't wait for you guys because I think Blink has one of the best character arcs like ever in a comic.
3: Okay, when's my turn? Because I want to choose Volume
2: Three. <laughs> oh, because yeah. Blink is
1: angry. Speaking yes. of emotions, Blink is angry, and it's a justified <laughs> anger. Yeah. But it's not specifically directed like hate at any one group of people or anything like that. Like she's mad at her grandma, but she's not like hateful towards yeah. her or anything. Right, right. She's mad at society. Yeah, she the doesn't circumstances burn of it.
2: society p- piss her right. off.
1: Right. Like... Right. But she's <laughs> not like she doesn't. She's not. She's not hateful in that way. She doesn't like hate a group of people just because they're a group of people, kind of thing. She doesn't like even you know men piss her off she doesn't hate men in that way that people are racist kind of thing Mm -hmm. it's a different she has a
2: cute moment about this like with uh, uncle enoch again is that like because uncle enoch's like oh man like it's rough and like it doesn't get better you know he's he's kind of having like a little despair moment and she's like hey but things change she's like two years ago women got the right to vote Mm -hmm. ma Mm etna used to be a slave like and he's like, oh shit, you're right. you're right. And things do change. like yeah. we just got to keep up the fight. but like he he was just having not a like a crisis of consciousness, but like you know a, a wavering of resolve as she kind mm. of put him back to where he needed to be and it was really it was really sweet.
1: yeah we I have think to- the difference is that like blink is willing to give herself to the cause and Colin is willing to give other people to it. Huh.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it that's that's actually a, very excellent but i wanted just to shout out that quote because that the quote that Blink says that don't ever talk to me about the way things are unless you're willing to talk to me about how things can be it, yes fucking powerful i love that that was one of my yeah that is a great quote. quote i'm glad i even put it on one of the chapter breaks because like mm. that is a great quote so yeah that is good but um but yeah um
2: so <laughs> I all in think- all we did not yeah. like Bitterroot Volume 2. Do not recommend the parents that, it's
0: <laughs> absolutely terrible. Oh man, the way they demonize white people.
1: Like,
0: <laughs> no. Um no. I no, it's it's fantastic. It's it's must yeah, no, no, read. No. It, it needs it needs to be read because the thing is is that it's talking about things that are still prevalent today that that people like to pretend it don't exist or trying to get classes not to teach that they you know, like, like it didn't
2: exist? Oh no 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 no! We are we are months or years, whatever. Again, whenever this trailer comes out, that this is going to be on a bad book list. It's going to oh, yeah. be like, like, I don't know how many schools <sighs> have been root in their library, but this is going to be on a bad
0: move, book list. Move, so, move so. over, gender queer. Here comes <laughs> <laughs> So
2: Which which is a sign of quality in all honesty. It is. It's- <laughs> move over
1: Saga. Move over Court yeah. blah 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 blah. Whatever that was today. <laughs> yes. I can never remember the name of all those books.
2: Mm -hmm. One thing about the book banning, it's like, why are you banning stuff that, like, also no one's like, I've never heard of? I'm not in school. And then also, like, You've only, by banning the book, you've only made people like me and the rest of us want to seek it out. yeah, yeah. Buy it more. Get more people to read it.
0: I, I Guess did. What? You know what
2: I did when you banned Mouse? I bought my nephew a copy of Mouse.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, I never really wanted to read Huck Finn or Tom Sawyer until they got banned. You know, it's like... Oh, um, those vulgar. books are banned? Well, they were back when I was in high school, yes. Oh,
2: got it, got it, got it. Yeah. I mean, they are vulgar for what it's They word. are vulgar. They're, but they're good books, <laughs> yeah. you know. But
0: once again, you know, just gotta—you have to to learn. I mean, To Kill a Mockingbird was considered a racy and almost banned book I, in the nineties when I was in high school.
2: But I that, was that like, I oh, do recall.
0: we want to teach that? It's like seriously, that needs to be taught. That needs yeah. to be. Everyone needs to know what happened. No, like I remember
2: book. when we read that. I think maybe it had just been pulled off of a band list, and our teacher had like let us know that, like, hey, Hi, <laughs> you used to not be able to read this.
0: And I know this is not an original joke, but I think one of the greatest names of a bar ever would be Tequila Mockingbirds. I think that would be. Oh, be <laughs>
2: you know what? I've never heard it before. So I'm like, no, I'm giving you full credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not bad at all, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right.
0: Well, um, any, any uh, other final thought? Oh, actually, I have a final thought real quick. Um, part of the reason why I was picking up each book individually Uh, As it was coming out, even though this is definitely a book that's better, I think, better read in in, uh, volume forms is because the back matter was so fantastic. And it was like, you get like four or five pages of just like essays in the back. And, and I, a lot of times when Image collects books, they decide to get rid of the back matter. Um, This is not the case.
2: Yeah, for this one
0: all the back matter from all five was it five or six yeah i think it was five issues um
2: no, no it's six issues because oh, it's summer special
0: yes 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 and so all uh all that back matter is there and it's it's definitely it's it, it you know it might take as long as reading the actual comic to read all of it but it's definitely worth the read well,
2: yeah no and. I'll, I'm not reading scholarly journals all the time, so it's giving perspective because, you know, these are college professors, these are writers that you might, you know, not necessarily be attuned to. So it gives you a nice little, uh, you know, perspective of that and, you know, introduces you to some new people that you may want to read up on.
0: Yep, definitely. Also, um, all the name dropping that Blink does when she's talking about, like, the women's movement and rights movements in the 20s. If you don't know who those people are, Google them because they're definitely yeah.
2: So. Um, the other thing I wanted to shout out before we move on Is that uh, in this uh, volume They have all the variants In this uh, run of uh, issues They were doing a movie parody variant, I love so there's a nice, First of all, they're gorgeous Second of all, I wanted them They are The majority of them are hella expensive But you have a do the right thing variant You have a juice variant You have a uh, boys in the hood variant They're mm-hmm. all really, really nice They would look
0: really good framed up yeah, like in a movie room or something they had yeah. a purple rain
3: Yep, purple rain yeah there's also. a purple
2: rain one's also gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> that's what but that's yeah cool. every time i look at that like i, I it's one of those like it's a, on a, a search tab on my uh, ebay account and every time i look they just keep going up and i was just like no no i get it they're gorgeous <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. definitely all right well maybe like um the who, who's whoever did the art for those I'm not sure who it was. I think
2: each one has a different artist. Oh, it was, a diff- yeah.
0: Well, yeah, hopefully has the, a that they are able to to sell a a, a, a a you know like a printable version of it like oh, on, on the website or something like that oh. to pick up as a as a poster. Um, plus, also just the regular covers are awesome because like just
2: yeah.
0: just the, like the first volume, like they all connect, and then the third volume does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get some really cool. Um, you know, like a mosaic kind of uh, um, pictures. Once, <laughs> once they're all together, I lost my words as well. We no,
2: go. I I had only uh, become aware of Stanford Green maybe a year or two before Bitterroot started. I don't know how long he's been in the industry, but like his art style, not only is it really lovely to look at, but there's no one else that draws like that. Like I can't, like I, I, every time I look at his stuff, I'm like, what are his influences? Like what does he draw like? Because I don't really see a lot of people in the mainstream comics industry whose art looks like his.
0: No. Yeah, there's yeah, there's really not a lot of comparison that you can make to, to anyone else. And but that's it's fantastic. So
2: yeah, no, it's beautiful. Like um, the first time I came aware of him, he did a uh, a Power Man and Iron Fist uh in that Power Man and Iron Fist book, <laughs> Sanford for Greed. He, uh, he does Luke Cage in a style closer to Berg's design, where he's a big, heavy guy, rather than, uh you know, the more slender, muscular version of uh, Luke Cage that we're, uh, we're usually given. And it just, it looks really good. It's very evocative. Like, if you've ever seen that book, that Luke Cage art really stands out. Cool.
0: Yes. I, I remember seeing that, like, in print form, and just, like, wanting it like it because like just the the juxtaposition of size between between um Luke Cage and, and Danny Rand was just amazing
2: yeah. yeah it was funny that was coming out around the same time that Genby Tartakovsky was doing a Luke Cage mm-hmm. book as well and it was just like two very different versions of Luke Cage mm-hmm. at the same time <laughs> yep
0: but both both. I mean like I love the Tartakovsky version as well but this, mm-hmm. uh, no yeah.
2: no no they're both nice they're just it's just you know I, I feel like uh again the big two they don't really put out two different books of that type of character you know they try to keep the to a very strict design structure especially at the time that the, they had the netflix shows and everything they, mm-hmm. they don't really take risks like that with characters that they're doing in other media
0: yeah which is
2: sad unfortunately
0: <laughs> but <laughs> it, um but no i yeah shout out to to better it again and hopefully you know what like um it is kind of cool and continuity wise like to do it once a year but i i say we try to get
2: volume three out <laughs> a little bit out. soon not nah, yet yeah. yeah. it, it's fantastic also if we do volume three sooner I'm, I'm sure by next year volume four will be out for us
0: <laughs> uh, yeah that's right i i, I, I mean volume three is a fantastic end and like they do mention that they you just remind me they they said that yeah we're, we're talking about doing more and we're gonna do more you know so okay. yeah this is this is not a dead universe um but it but the conclusion is fantastic and like oh okay. yeah so so it it, it it there is there is some threads that need to be the you know that need to be taken care of afterwards but it's a good res- resolution it's I I I forgot that there was three volumes. And when you told me we were doing the second volume, I'm like, yes, you guys are all gonna read the end. And it's, it's so amazing. You know, like, but still we're we we half we're two-thirds there. So we'll we'll get there soon. So that's cool. And now I'm looking the Sanford Green um, Marvel work and I'm just having a lot of fun looking for those. Okay. Well, okay. Um, so you guys have anything else, or do you want me to roll this all up? Let's roll it.
2: Cool. Close it out.
0: Okay, well, all right, well, then thank you everyone once again for listening to us. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you all, if you haven't read uh, any of Bitterroot yet, please do. Um, And we have reached the end of the show. And thank you to everyone listening to the show and Instagram, Twitter, and good pods. We're at CDB pod, uh, for our book clubbers on Friday, we will announce the next episode's main subject on Instagram. So if you are interested in following along, um, you'll check that out on Friday. Uh, if you want to give us a comment, you can DM us, um, or on, uh, on Instagram, or you can also, um, email us at comics are better at gmail.com with it probably the email is better because um you get a lot of like it's hard to see your dms on, on instagram so yeah, i would say email and just like you know let us know like put the title of the book in there so i know that that's what you're talking about <laughs> and um the website is comics are com, where you can request Sunday to a future show and darcy where can we find you on the internet
1: I am at books underscore serial on Twitter and books and Still mourning the loss of Squirrel Girl, the unbeatable radio show. Mm -hmm. But I am going back through the Magnus archives with a friend. um, And I finished the Iron Widow, which I had started last week and was like, one chapter into and I finished it and it is fantastic and I recommend it to literally everyone it's a wonderful book excellent
0: yeah it sounded really good when you talked about it last week so definitely
2: you want to check that
1: out it was amazing
2: awesome and Richard where can we find you um I'm at tapcat360 all over social media um I'm filled with sadness despair and ennui because the uh, Miami Heat lost Oh. My priorities aren't great, Like, <laughs> <the, laughs> I've not been more think about everything that's been in the views and I've been very upset about that, but the heat losing last night was devastating like I was just like, I may call into work and then I said Richard that's ridiculous it's a <laughs> yes. basketball team, but no, I definitely ridiculous. like legitimately considered it
0: mm-hmm i'm i'm hoping you know like i, I think I, we we messaged each other yesterday uh, when i said that hopefully we'll get a, a golden knights uh and heat uh dual victory you know championships oh. in 2023 and we'll be the be most sexy. successful podcast when it comes to the sports teams that we that
2: there we you follow. go so that's <laughs> but yeah no like there was a feeling of despair last night I was just like you're an adult this is a basketball team get over yourself yeah. <laughs> But yeah. no, the real things have happened in the world recently now it's just like it, this is not the thing that i need to be upset about
1: It's because like, you know it's just a thing on top of everything else exactly. it's totally fair
0: exactly it was just the cherry on the top you know of this girl sunday oh. <laughs> so um uh, but yeah because that's supposed to you know the sports thing is supposed to make you know make you happy it's supposed to root really, you supposed to have a community and everything and yeah, when, when when especially when it's a team, if you're rooting for a team that you think's gonna lose, then like it's whatever. But when you have a team where you're pretty, i sure Seattle
1: that, Mariners. Right.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, or my yeah, or my Angels the last few uh, decade, yeah, or last decade. <laughs> um, the um, not this year though. But anyways, but they, they um, it, it, yeah, but then when like. Like with the Golden Knights, when thing, you, when, you know, every, when it feels to...
2: legitimate, when you feel like, exactly. hey, we could win this, we could win everything. That's yeah. that's what hurts. Because I was just like, wait, it's over. I thought we were gonna win it all. And, yeah.
0: Everyone had Vegas or Colorado as the Western uh, representative in the finals, and Vegas didn't even make the, the playoffs. So I Yeesh. I definitely feel Yeesh. feel it. Yeah. So yeah, that it happens. That,
2: unfortunately. All that said, Warriors and four. Screw Boston. I don't like. That. Yes. <laughs> Warriors
0: and four. Let's do it definitely after especially after steve kerr had his um god yeah his speech
2: yeah that was know. heart-wrenching in and it of itself it was yeah so all
0: right well that is everything i oh, actually care do you have a non this week i don't but my when this
3: drops it's my 39th birthday yeah. i'm entering the last year of my 30s and i'm very um i'm trepidatious about it for some reason but yeah uh it's my birthday when you listen. So happy birthday to me. I'm very excited. Happy birthday I'm a true, thank mm-hmm. you. I'm a true Gemini. I have a countdown. And so, and I'm in a new Gemini moon. I'm, I'm like, ready. you know, it's
2: funny. My god, a Gemini and she's been counting down on Facebook as of like last week.
3: It's a Gemini thing. It truly is. It's we count down. We're, we're very excited. We really live up our
0: birthdays. It's not a birthday. It's a birth month, essentially. Like, eh. mm-hmm. Yeah, You gotta make a stretch. <laughs> yep. But uh well, you'll be 39 and feeling fine when you when you all listening to this. Feeling
1: like I'm 89 yeah. with all my health issues. Oh, <laughs> okay. you know what? Hey, there. You could feel like you're 90.
0: Yeah, this um, is true. Yeah, that's me.
1: There is <laughs> uh, a new podcast that I listen
3: to, and um, you listen it, to other
0: podcasts besides ours? No, <laughs> <laughs> and so this
3: um, this one of the podcasters. Uh, her partner died, kind of like tragically and spontaneously, at the beginning of May. So they they've had oh no, they've had no new um, episodes for May, and obviously, like the community of their podcast, like totally understands. And so um, she posted this thing on Instagram the other day about like you know how much she misses him and like how blah blah blah, and, like he really supported her and blah blah blah. And um, she was thanking everybody for the kind thoughts. And then she at the end. She was like, I'm not going to really be talking about this anymore because like, I'm still in the middle of my grief. And then she was like, but if you, she's like, I'll, like, I'll leave you with this. She's like, if the question is, should we do it? It's the answer is yes. She's like, will it be worth it? Yes. She's like, should you make the time to spend time together? She's like, the answer needs to be yes. She's like, because you know, you're not guaranteed like anything ever and so it just felt like a little extra poignant when I read it um yesterday On uh, um, considering everything that's going on so I just I really liked that definitely it, it was a nice sentiment
0: yeah yeah it's especially
3: nowadays, life
2: like. is meant to be lived and appreciated <laughs> cherish the people that you're with And, you know, open yourself up to new experiences like you don't want to spend all of your life being like, oh, I didn't do much or, you know, I didn't go to that thing with a friend, like build memories with people. Everything is unfortunately fleeting, but that's what makes it more. You know worthwhile that's
0: <laughs> we we lost two years so it's like
2: also that yeah yeah
0: you know and like yes it's not perfect and yes COVID is still a thing and please treat it as a thing and but like things are opening up it is an opportunity you just for your mental health just to go
2: go see something. that favorite band of yours with your favorite people together cherish those memories you, you know I see
0: you wear a mask go out and see a concert yeah oh definitely. yeah
2: take all the precautions that you need to do but yeah live life mm-hmm. enjoy Absolutely. it that's because not even tomorrow is guaranteed unfortunately
0: no yeah live today
2: but 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 guarantee warriors and four that i can get <laughs> 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 <Nice. laughs> Love it. You've heard want, it here. I want nothing good well, for the Boston Celtics. You know, if, I am if, enraged towards them. <laughs>
0: if you want to, you just record like say Warriors and five, Warriors and six, Warriors and seven, and, and we'll will edit it. In. Whatever happens, we'll we'll go back and we'll edit it. So
2: That's hilarious. No, no, I'm I'm confident in Warriors and four. Okay. Now they just have to hold up their end of the bargain. <laughs> go do the hard part. Go do the hard part, Golden State Warriors. Network.
0: Exactly. Yeah, like I told you guys to do it in four. Now you have to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, for Darcy, Richard, and Carrie, I am Brian, and this has been the Comics Is Are Better podcast. So remember, comics is Are Better and
2: everyone deserves comics. Bye. Bye. Later.